Well, the point being is that people value things differently and people interpret things differently. And that's true in a team environment because that's true in our world. Everyone interprets things differently and everyone holds values that may be different. Now, here's the really critical part. If you're a CEO, entrepreneur, or business owner that can't seem to figure out what is blocking you from attaining the next level of growth in your business, then listen up. I'm Maria DeLorenzis Reyes. I've taken what I've learned in 30 years working inside multi-million dollar corporations, building my own business, and consulting my clients, and discovered five themes that stop a business from scaling. I've created a tool to help you get the answers you need to get unstuck and unlock the next level of growth. Head over to scale.mariadr.com and click the link to get your custom Scale Factor Formula scorecard when this episode is over. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Finding the Upside. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to share with you this episode where we're going to be talking about building teams. And more specifically, because this is a big concept that I highlight a lot on this podcast, um, but specifically what it takes to build a cohesive team environment. And how I'd like to share with you today is to share with you some of my own experience in doing team building training. That's one of the things that I've done throughout my career. And it's one of my signature trainings that I've done so many times. I mean, I don't know. People have asked me, how many times have you done those type of trainings? Team building, I've probably done that thousands of times um, with all types of companies, all types of groups of people, all types of different types of environments. And I really want to share some detail about a particular activity that I always do inside of this team building training. So just to give you some background, um, team building training, obviously, I talk about lots of concepts and try to make it really engaging and always have lots of discussions because people enjoy that. It's the way it helps to engage people in the discussion and really experience some of what we're talking about at a conceptual level, but really in terms of real world scenarios that they go through and real world examples that they can bring to the discussion. So this activity that I always do, it's a fun one. It's called Marooned. And I'm going to explain what the activity is. And then I'm going to share with you some experiences and some actual real examples of what some of the responses were. So first off, Maroons is an activity where I ask them uh, that I put all of the groups in different teams of about mm, like four to five people. So if I'm doing a training of 50 people, then I have multiple groups that are all in these little little, um, sub teams, if you will. And then I tell them that they are to imagine that they are marooned or stranded on an island. And if they had information that would have given them an idea that that was going to happen, what three things would they bring with them? And not only do they need to decide what three things they use or that they bring, but they have to decide as a team, discuss it together and agree. And they have to then tell me what they're going to use it for and why they chose it. 
So those are the parameters of the scenario that I give to them. So before we start, then there's always questions because people say, well, what kind of an island is it? Is it a tropical island? Is it a deserted island? And I do give them specifics that it's deserted. It's not inhabited. And then I just say, I don't know. It depends on how they interpret it, right? They say, what types of things can we bring? I say, I don't know. And I give them that freedom to discuss within the teams. So I give them about 15 minutes to discuss amongst themselves. And I purposely, by the way, the way that I select the teams is I make sure that I break up people so that they don't necessarily all know each other. And the way that I do that, it's pretty standard. I have people go around. If I want to create 10 teams, I have people go around. Excuse me. If I want to create five teams, I have people go around and count one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five around the table. All the ones go together. All the twos go together and so on. And then that allows us to mix up the groups because in trainings, people tend to sit next to people that they know, their teammates, their friends. And although it's in a company environment, typically, sometimes I do this at events and not everybody knows one another, but typically it's in a corporate environment or a group environment, not always business. Sometimes it's nonprofit groups or whatnot, but people know each other and they tend to kind of cling together the people that they know. So we don't want that. We want to break that up. And so it takes them some time to kind of ask each other. Somebody has to start, somebody has to start talking. And I always usually just like kind of mill around the room and kind of listen into what they're saying. And I always am so interested to hear the discussions. And I do that on purpose because I want to hear what they start with, talking about what they're going to bring and why. And then they have to kind of drill that down and come together as a team. And uh, that's a really interesting conversation that I like to hear. And then when we do the debrief where I really ask everybody, okay, share what you selected and what you're going to use it for and why, then I kind of entertain them with some of the things that I heard, that I overheard in the discussions. So once everybody's done, and I kind of call it time, and everybody starts to share their responses, truthfully, most often, the typical things that they bring are something to try to communicate to get off of the island. So like, people have said things like a GPS satellite phone, so people can find them and can know their location and come and get them or some type of satellite phone that will actually work. Cause obviously out on, out on a stranded des- deserted Island, there's probably not a cell signal. So some kind of satellite communication, typically people say a knife because they can use that to catch food, um, to build shelter for protection. You never know what you're going to find on that Island. Um, a lot of times it's some type of pot and not necessarily matches, but sometimes people say matches because some people have the ingenuity to know that you can create fire. If you watch Castaway, you saw how, how Tom Hanks did that in the movie. You can create fire, um, but sometimes matches or lighter or what have you are things that people have, but particularly a pot so that they can uh, desalinate water. So obviously from the ocean, you can't drink salt water. But if you heat it up, um, then you can desalinate it. Or sometimes people say some type of filter, some type of water filter. And also a pot could be used for cooking. So those are typically the type of answers that we get for the top three things, I'd say. Some unique things that I've heard over the years are some people want to bring 
MacGyver. So they actually want to bring a person that can kind of get out of any situation and has the survival skills and all kinds of skills to navigate anything that they would encounter in this scenario. But some of the more humorous ones are some people say eye candy. So one woman once, uh, one girl said she wanted to bring somebody, some attractive man to look at, some eye candy. Um, I've heard alcohol. Um, and I've heard music. Um, the most outrageous, what, well, actually, before I get to the most outrageous, sometimes people say they're going to bring a speedboat and then the group usually laughs and says, well, you can't do that. And they say, which is true. Well, she didn't say that we couldn't because when they ask me the questions or the limitations, I say, I don't know, like that's your interpretation. So each group interprets the instructions a little differently. We'll get to that. But some of the most humorous examples that I was given was on one ex- in one group, gentleman said, well, I want to bring a super Walmart because I want to live better and save, save money and live better. Very, help- very humorous. Uh, that got a chuckle out of the group. And in some cases, more um, similar to that, a fully stocked, fully staffed yacht. Now, the group argues to say, well, wait a minute, if you have a yacht, then you're not stranded. Again, left up to interpretation, right? And then in some groups, we get the occasional, somebody wants to bring a Bible. Now, that's typically not one that makes the top three because the group has to hash it out. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It has to be deciding upon what's most important as a group, but Obviously, one of the points of this whole exercise is to see that everybody, and by the way, everybody has to contribute. So it has to be, everybody has to give their ideas and then they have to decide as a group. And that's why I'm listening and going around the room to hear and overhear and eavesdrop, if you will, what some of the responses are because they don't make it on the list. They don't make it on that top three list. So the point being is that people value things differently and people interpret things differently. And that's true in a team environment because that's true in our world. Everyone interprets things differently and everyone holds values that may be different. Now, here's the really critical part. In this activity, they have to, without judgment, listen to everyone's perspective about what they think is the most important thing to bring and why. And so a lot of times in discussion, when they say what they want to bring and then they say why and what they're going to use it for, they start to understand the differences amongst themselves and maybe different perspectives that they didn't think about or they were coming at it from an angle that wasn't the same. So the gentleman that, that was the best response, the super Walmart to save money and live better or live better and save money. I don't remember the way the Walmart slogan goes. But he was coming at it from a very humorous, fun angle. Other people take it more seriously and are coming at it from a very realistic standpoint. And you really can't say that any one group is wrong or right in their approach. And you also can't say that anybody's response about what's the most important thing to bring is wrong because it basically comes down to everyone's values. 
But what's interesting is in the discussions, even though there's this variety of responses, because they have to decide as a group what's the top three things that are most important and reason through what they're going to use it for and why they chose it, they do have to come to a consensus. So some of those differences start to fall away because the goal is to survive. And if you think about that, of course, that's important in a team to get to that point where you can all come to some agreement, value each other's differences, listen to each other's differences, but come to some agreement about what's most important. And obviously there is a trade-off and a give and take, and that's important in any team environment. But the big takeaway here, if we look at this from a bigger perspective is, isn't that the truth in the way we live? Isn't that the truth in any team, whether, whether that be your team in a workplace, whether that be your team in a family, whether that be our team in our communities or in our society. We all value things differently or value different things. We all interpret things differently. But ultimately, if we all can consider each other's values as just as important, but come to some commonality about what is most important, just come to some agreement and consensus, I think we'd find it's not very different than this activity and this scenario that I place these people in during this training. So it's a really interesting thing to consider, of course, in a team environment. And I will tell you that once we close this activity, it really has the takeaway because obviously that's the debrief. And these are exactly the things that I point out is that when you start to get to know your team members, you start to get to know that everybody's different and everybody values things differently and everyone has different values and different ideas. And that's the point is to listen to one another, not judge each other's ideas, but then come to some consensus about what's most important for the team as a whole, for that common goal. In that environment, in that scenario, it's to survive, right? To either survive and thrive on the island or get off, but ultimately to live. So things start to fall away because of valuing, they have to decide on what is most important for that common goal. It means individual differences sometimes need to be traded off for the greater good of the team. That's the way it is. Without that type of dynamic in any kind of team environment, whether that's your coworkers, your team at work, if you're a business owner, your culture, your company, your teams, your staff members, in your communities, in our society, it just won't work. So thinking about that is a really important piece of building a team is being able to understand our differences and being able to come to some agreement and consensus for the common goal of the team whatever that goal is. So think about that. If you're a business owner, think about how you're doing that and how you're creating that culture and that environment where the team can be cohesive and have that commitment where the egos fall away and the individual needs fall away. And even in our communities and our society, I think that also applies, that being able to 
value each other's individual differences, but make some trade-offs about what's most important for our common goal, for all our common humanity, our common survival, our common happiness. And so with that, I want to close this episode of this podcast about team building. I look forward to talking about this more. We have a lot of great episodes upcoming about team building, about leadership, and some great guest interviews where we're going to hit on lots of those topics as well, as well as some really interesting and inspiring stories coming up with One Tough Chick. Next week, I have a great episode with an unbelievable inspiring woman. And I hope to see you again next time on the next episode of Finding the Upside. Thank you so much for joining me today and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of Finding the Upside podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to mariadr.com forward slash podcast for show notes and offers from today's sponsors. If you're looking for a group of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you at mariadr.com forward slash podcast.